to me, you know, it, maybe I'll do a dropper, like a dry dropper or a hopper dropper, but, um, and then as soon as I see a couple noses up, I am 100% all dry, <laughs> you know, cause there's just nothing like that take and just catching those fish and, you know, just outsmarting them a little bit. And, um, you know, and there's definitely some secret little bugs, um, and you know, to use and, and whatnot. It's fun to think outside the box or go old school and use a Turk's tarantula or use a renegade or, you know, that was Heather Hodson talking about why she loves fishing dry flies for West Slope cutthroat on some of her Idaho and Montana streams. This is episode number 44 of the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We'll help you on your fly fishing journey with classic stories covering steelhead fishing, fly tying, and much more. In today's episode, I interview Heather Hodson, the Northwest Fly Girl and the person behind United Women on the Fly. We talk about her background and connection to some of the big names in fly fishing, cover how she catches fish in North Idaho and around the Spokane area, and a new movie she's working on for F3T. We talk about the drink that keeps her up on little sleep and in a high-stress job, and why Texas is unique and the go-to piece of gear that she uses for fish conservation. Don't miss this one as Heather shares a recent NBC Nightly News episode that shared a little bit of her story and the movement she has been building and changing many lives. Before I get into the episode today, I wanted to quickly thank our sponsors. Ascent Fly Fishing has customized fly box selections that they put together for your unique stream. These aren't just flies in the box, but they analyze the insect community, do a summary, and provide you with the exact patterns that are in your stream when you're ready to fish. Just go to ascentflyfishing.com and use the coupon code WETFLYSWING to grab 10% off your next order. We are also brought to you by the original tie right, which holds flies and hooks securely so you can tie your fly on with little effort. The uh, tie right senior holds hook sizes 2 through 14, and the junior holds hook sizes 14 through 24. Tie right can help you tie clinch, knot, uh, clinch knots and modified clinch knots and many other knots to suit your needs. Head over to tyright.com and get started today. That's T Y R I T E.com. So, without further ado, here's Heather Hodson from United Women on the Fly. How's it going, Heather? It's going well. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, it's uh, really great to have you on here. I've got some questions to dig into about, oh, you know, we want to talk a little bit about United Women on the Fly and some of the stuff you're doing. Um, I kind of was just doing a little bit of searching online and, you know, uh, your face pops up a lot with a huge smile and lots of big fish. So (laughs) it's it's pretty cool. But I was hoping that maybe you can start us off just talking a little bit about how you got into fly fishing. And I guess the Northwest Fly Girl is kind of your your handle on Instagram. Maybe you can talk about Mm -hmm. how, how that all started and then we can get into some of the other stuff. Sure. Um, let's see. I started fishing about, well, fly fishing about 10 years ago and um, really didn't get super into it until probably three or four years after I started, maybe maybe three years. Um, 
And like most, I would say most females, you know, we've, we start fishing due to some male figure in our life. And at that time, um, I was dating a guy and we both decided that we were going to learn to fly fish together and we were horrible. And it took us, well, it took me an entire year to catch my first fish on the fly. And so, um, kind of once I finally caught this little tiny, probably three inch wild cutthroat, um, I was hooked literally. And, um, just, kind of immersed myself and try to find some local, um, local shops with some education and just trying to learn and get and become a better angler. Um, and then, so that was like six, so I've been pretty into it for about oh, six, seven years mm-hmm. and I'm pretty addicted. So at least a hundred plus days a year, um, do a bunch of teaching, bunch of, um, getting just women out and um, just getting after it. I used kind of the whole Northwest fly girl was, you know, I fished a lot of my local home waters kind of, I live in Spokane, Washington. So just the Pacific Northwest and probably the last three or four years, I've really been traveling really across the world and just trying to fish. So Hmm. um, I'm still a Northwest girl, but I love to fish everywhere. Cool. Cool. Yeah. We can, uh, I've got some questions a little bit later on about kind of your day job stuff yeah. um, and all that, because I think it, it probably, I, I know some people that are in the same line of work and uh, I know you, occasionally or you get some good days off that I, I guess that probably helps. But, uh, before we dig into a little bit of that, maybe you can just go into a little bit on, uh, United Women on the Fly and what that's all about and, you know, maybe how people can get connected with that. Um, yeah. So United Women on the Fly, Um, so about five years ago, I started a women's group called Spokane Women on the Fly. And since then, now we're about 60 to 70 plus very strong, very active women. And within that, um, I actually joined Trout Unlimited and our chapter became a part of TU. Well, because of the success of Spokane Women on the Fly, there were a lot of other kind of lead women who have been doing a bunch of mentoring and they wanted to start something similar to Spokane Women on the Fly. They liked kind of the outline. They liked what they were, you know, how, how we worked and what they saw. And so that's kind of how United Women on the Fly became created. So basically it's just a global community um, of mostly women, but of really all anglers and Basically, what I foresee it to be is I want it to be a central hub of information, whereas if it's events or photos or where women can connect with other women all over the world and um, just kind of get to know each other and maybe couch surf or go and fish with people, ask, you know, specific fishing questions or just share the love, lots of education, you know, back to the basic stuff, all of that. So Mm -hmm. it's more of just this central hub for anglers to connect. Hmm. And it's it's been pretty interesting. Yeah. I we we were on NBC Nightly News. I don't know if you saw that, but it was yeah about a month ago. And since then, it's crazy how much we have a closed Facebook group, mm-hmm. and there's like almost probably sixteen hundred women in it. Wow. And within the last twenty eight days, I just got a insight. Um, there was over sixteen thousand comments in just Jeez. the closed group. Yeah, cool. so. It's really cool to see just these women. It's it's fun, you know. It's it's um, safe, you know. Yep. It's non intimidating, and 
the cool thing too is, you know, these women can relate to other women. So when I'm posting photos of, I'm trying not to be, you know, age discriminative or, you know, so what race or whatever it is. And I think each woman can, can relate to a specific person that, that is posted on social media. And so they feel comfortable and they feel like they belong to this really cool community. And that's what it's about. And it's been really, and it's fun now because there's women that are posting in the closed group that are actually meeting up. They've never met each other. They're fishing and just making these friends. Mm. So it's it's been pretty cool to see and just watch the the growth behind it and um, just see what's happening. So yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said safe. It seems like I heard some I've heard some stories. You know, I guess I haven't seen as many of them, but um, I had. Oh, uh, April Vokian, and we were talking about, she was talking about some stories, and I, we, she interviewed, <laughs> you know, did the, the women, uh, the Orvis 50-50, yeah, I heard yeah. some of that interview, and, you know, you hear these crazy stories, you know, about what goes on, and then I've actually, on the other end, talked to some people, that I, some episodes, I guess, that are going to be posting, where they kind of feel a little bit different about it. So, I mean, you have these, well, and of course there's the Orvis commercial where that was that, you know, <laughs> I know, right? all that crazy it's stuff. Unbelievable to even think that that exists, exactly. but it does, yeah, you know, it does. Yeah. But, but no, yeah. that's cool. The, the safe thing is what really is cool because it gives people, you know, women, especially in this situation, a chance to just kind of be open and, and learn and, and not have to worry about some of that stuff. So no, I, yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah, no cyberbullying. I mean, there's there one of our rules is no bashing. So whether it's any sex bashing, whether it's male women to women or male against men, there's no company bashing. There's no, you know, cuz it's all about just supporting everybody and we don't want to be negative, you know. And so that's kind of with the closed group and there's very little drama surprisingly with 1600 women. Um, but I have a really good team. Now we're getting so big that I have women that are helping me with, you know, just admin the the group because I can't obviously, um, I mean, it would suck my, you know, it'd take me 24 hours a day to read everything and try to keep up with it all. So, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's crazy. Well, <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to uh, dig a little bit more into that, uh, some of that, but before we, uh, we do, maybe we can talk a little bit about, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about kind of where you fish um, up in Idaho and kind of your home area and talk a little bit about dry fly fishing. So can you talk a little bit about the waters, maybe the type of uh, fishing you do and type of rivers and, you know, talk about yeah. a little bit how you catch fish on, you know, with, with dry flies especially? Um, sure. So within Spokane, there's probably, you know, within really a four-hour radius, truly Missoula is three hours from Spokane. So we have a pretty awesome location hmm. as far as fishing. So it could be, you know, eastern Washington, north Idaho, as well as even into Montana. Um, some of the, you know, your famous rivers like the Blackfoot or the Bitterroot, those are only three and a half hours away. So there's definitely that. Um, north Idaho is pretty special in the fact that there are all wild West Slope cutthroat and cutties, as most people know, love dry flies yep. and they're so much fun and they like big dry flies. You know, as I've traveled around the world fishing and especially in a lot of these tailwaters, you're fishing with a size 24 <laughs> midge that you can barely see. And I think the beautiful thing about where I'm at is that, yes, I do have to go down to 6X tippet 16 foot leader with a size 22, you know, PMD, but that's relatively rare. Mm -hmm. So it's bigger bugs. Um, we have a great stonefly hatch. So in 
um, if you're, I'm sure a lot of people have heard, you know, about the salmon fly hatch and it's yep. through Montana and everything. Well, in Spokane, we, our bugs are early. So we still have, we have a phenomenal squala hatch, like bomb squala hatch. Um, on some of the rivers you can float on, you know, in February or March and you could just throw a green, you know, size 12 or size 10 green chubby and catch 50 fish to boat. Um, in March and you're freezing huh. granted, but it's so, and all on big squalas. Um, hmm. and then the salmon flies come in, you know, March Browns too, of course, gray drakes. Um, and then the salmon flies come in kind of May ish, you know, on the Yakima. So they're pretty, they're relatively early and then they just all head East. And so we have a pretty decent, uh, salmon fly hatch in May, um, and then you go into, you know, your golden stones, your yellow mm-hmm. sallies, and then everything else. So our dry fly is, I mean, it's continual. How long does um, the uh, salmon fly hatch last typically? Uh, you know, on average, maybe two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, just like normal, you know, if, if you know that the salmon flies are in, you look at the river and the problem is, is that in May, it's, it's a, uh, um, spring, you know, so you could have a lot of chance for the w- rivers to be blown out because the weather's changing. So if you get an open window and an opportunity, you call in sick and you go and fish the rivers, right. you know? So, because it's, you may not get at that chance to actually fish with, for the salmon flies, um, you know, just because of, um, the snow melt and everything. And mm-hmm. we, North Idaho, well, in Montana as well, we were 140% of snowpack level this year. And so, um, well, we still have water, which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. So, um, you know, unlike other years in the past, it's been, you know, some of the rivers will, um, become in shape faster. And then, so we'll fish those. And then by really the middle of June, it's almost too shallow and, hmm. and just not safe to fish for the, you know, to, sure. to ethically mindfully fish, you know, it's probably not the best idea. Gotcha. And are you yeah. fishing uh, a lot of the time out of boats? Or you know, both. in, in the spring we'll fish out of boats just because the water's so high. Um, and I'm definitely cautious. I'm only five one. <laughs> so, um, I have to be careful about high water, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I'm strong, but you know, like, like anybody, sometimes we think we're more powerful and better waders than we actually truly are. Yeah. Um, so, uh, out of the boat in the spring and then pretty much until, may and still in the boat but then june it's all walk and wait and that's what i love about these rivers is you can stock these fish and walk up onto them and you get exercise and it's absolutely beautiful and you know there's it's accessible to um people that are just in the car that maybe not they're not as athletic and then there's other places that you can hike in you know eight miles where mm-hmm. roadless stretches that you're never going to see anybody cool. um obviously the fishing's a lot better in the roadless sections but um, the fish still are, they'll, they'll, uh, still take a fly even in the sections that are fished pretty often. Yeah, no, it's cool. That's, uh, yeah. I, I totally forget about that when you, I think of Idaho and I just forget yeah, you're so close to all the Montana streams as well. You've got plus, mm-hmm. plus you have steelhead that's kind of yeah. right there. You're, I mean, that's always been the thing with Montana. The thing we always joked about a little bit, it's like, well, can't really move to Montana because there's no steelhead there, but <laughs> you know, I mean, we, you do have, you've done some steelhead fishing too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the yeah. Grand Ron's only, oh, nice. um, two, three hours for, well to get to Bogans, which I'm sure most people know of, um, it's three hours. And then for me to get to the snake, which I love, I absolutely love the snake. Um, it's two hours. Hmm. So, and the clear water is about two hours, but for me personally, I know that the fish are bigger. Um, but 
the river's more slippery and it's just harder to wade fish. And so I prefer personally the snake. So just for that reason. And Um, and is that why um, you say you love the snake so much, just it's easier to fish or there are other other things? Um, I love, you know, it's, you barely see any anglers. I love that the jet boats come up because as soon as a jet boat comes up, literally, five minutes, somebody's going to hook up, (laughs) you know, Hmm. it's like they razz the fish, you know, and there's some secret little spots and it can be a little gnarly to wade, but the fish are fun. Um, Usually when we go out one, you know, anytime you're on with a two handed rod, it's like a blessing and you do a dance if you catch a fish. Mm -hmm. And so um, I would say on average, we probably catch at least a fish in two days, you know? And so it's pretty, it's pretty fun. It's pretty productive. And, you know, I'm, I'm decent at casting. I'm not by no means an expert, but, um, I can't, I'm not a competitive distance caster Mm -hmm. by, (laughs) you know, and so I can cast, but definitely people can cast way further than me. And I still am in the game, you know? So I feel like, it's doable for even newbies or, you know, intermediate anglers. It's still fishable. So no, that's cool. I was just actually talking to an old friend uh, of the family and he never got into spay casting. And I was kind of asking him like, yeah, why? So what happened the day? Why did you, you know, never get into it? And he just made that point that, well, you know, a lot of times you don't have to cast very far you know, uh-uh. for a lot of these fish, including steelhead and all, all the species. And I think there are lots of places where a, a spay cast is very helpful, but yeah, I think there's still some people out there that love the the single-handed rod. And I was, you know, for even trout spay, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, you've got this mm-hmm. big movement now. Is that something that you're, um, you've gotten into or thinking about? Yeah, you know, on the Spokane River, um, we have uh, wild red bands. And it's a bummer because the um, fish per mile, they're only, it's like 342 fish per mile. So it's pretty minimal. However, they love flies. They just eat them up and they're big fish and they fight really hard. And so swinging soft tackles for them is nice. a blast, like with a little micro spay, um, yep. you know, and just little caddis, October caddis or just caddis pupas. And it's so fun. And they even, I mean, you could even swing a woolly bugger. You could even swing a Pat's rubber leg for, mm-hmm. you know, that. And oh, yeah. those fish just absolutely go bonkers over it. So it's, pr- and I love, I don't know, there's something about um, a two-handed cast. I don't know. You just feel, and it's so cliche, but I just feel like I'm one with my rod and on the water. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds totally cheesy, <laughs> but people that have who do that, they, I would assume they feel the same way. So, um, but you know, on the Spokane, you can fish for dries, um, like purple chubby. It's fun. Cause these fish, I mean, they even like big bugs. You can fish, you know, smaller caddis and whatnot mm-hmm. in the evenings, but purple chubbies, um, like size 12, Oh, they'll eat them up, mm-hmm. you know? And it's more, Spokane's definitely more of a subsurface game. So we'll do a lot of um, like purple chubbies and then do, I like a longer leader. I tend to go pretty deep with like a pretty heavy nymph if that's what I want to do. Um, and it's a little harder to cast, but you're going to be in the game a lot faster. Mm. So, um, you know, and then with North Idaho, it's all, um, yeah, I don't, I honestly couldn't tell you the last time I nymphed in North Idaho. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, to me, you know, it, maybe I'll do a dropper, like a dry dropper or a hopper dropper, but, yep. um, and then as soon as I see a couple noses up, I am 100% all dry, cool. <laughs> you know, cause there's just nothing like that take and just catching those fish and, you know, just outsmarting them a little bit. And 
um, you know, and there's definitely some secret little bugs, um, and you know, to use and, and whatnot. It's fun to think outside the box or go old school and use a Turk's tarantula or use a renegade or, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff that were, has worked forever, but people get so caught up in these brand new flies, you know, that they forget about the old ones and the old ones work really good. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And these (laughs) are still, these are West Slope cutties you're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's all West Slope. Yeah. Yeah. All West Slope cutties. Nice. So, So and there's a occasional, sorry, there's occasionally some rainbows, but for the most, I've actually never caught a rainbow in any of the North Idaho rivers, but I know that they do. I mean, people, yeah, they're out there, but for the most part, it's all West Slope cutthroat. Nice. Nice. So if somebody was going to be heading out in that area somewhere, kind of North Idaho. And so Mm -hmm. like what size of streams are you fishing? Like what what would be the smallest and the versus the biggest? You know, um, pretty, uh, like distance wise across probably 60 to 90 feet. I mean, they're big. Oh, those those are big streams. Yeah. Yeah. They're not small. I mean, there are smaller, you know, um, areas, but they're bigger for sure. I mean, um, sometimes I can't cast across them, sure. you know, so um, but they're spring little tiny. These aren't, no, little, yeah, no, gotcha. no, no. all freestone, no dammed. Uh, Spokane is dammed, but, um, I mean the Spokane, it's 40,000 CFS in the oh. winter. <laughs> so Jeez. it, um, yeah, it's ginormous, but most of ours, um, are all like North Idaho are all freestone. Gotcha. You have some smaller tributaries, but, um, you know, it's definitely all bouldery and just awesome, beautiful, cool. your classic you know, cut or just your classic trout streams yeah. that you see. So huh. it's, yeah. So yeah. if somebody, and if, had, any, yeah, if, somebody if anybody w- wants to come and they can contact me and I could probably help you out. Oh, cool. I was just going to say that was <laughs> yeah. my, that was my next question. Like if somebody was uh, kind of yep. going that way, you know, heading over there, um, like, you know, if they were kind of just wanting to throw in the rod and try to find yeah, some fish. What, totally. What, what, I could definitely help somebody out for sure. And okay. the local, I do the women's program at Silver Bow Fly Shop. So it's the local fly shop here in Spokane. And those guys are really phenomenal too. And they're, they're going to help anybody out also, you know, gotcha. and just, you know, keeping it local. And, um, and I always have people, it's so funny. I just actually wrote a blog post about this that, um, I'll have certain people say, Oh, that looks like such and such river, you know? Yeah. And it's like, dude, if I didn't right. mark my location, I probably don't want it to be said, you know, if you yeah. know, cool, just leave it, you know, some things are still nice to, you know, kind of That's right. to work, you know, it seems like in, yeah. in our world, we're so into this instant gratification that people don't put time on the water. Yep. And it's really frustrating because I have several bubble holes that have taken me, you know, years to find and to really hone in on. And, um, so, uh, but with that being said, if people contact me, I definitely, I always say that I don't kiss and tell, but mm-hmm. I'm more than happy to help put people in the right direction sure. for sure. And sure. with bugs and just, you know, ta- the right tackle and the right size tippet and all that stuff. Exactly. So they can, yeah. What would be, if you want to run that down just a little bit, kind of the, the rod, uh, kind of line and uh, yeah. leader set up with the, you know, a dry fly setup, would you be using? So three to f- three to five weight rods. I use a three weight glass. Um, I prefer even, I mean, I can get some distance on it, but I love, you know, a smaller rod and you can definitely get away with a smaller rod on average. Like these cutthroat are probably 12 to four, 10 to 14 inches. That's probably your normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people that have fished for cutthroat know, especially in this area. Um, I mean, if you caught a 16 in, or an 18 incher, you're, you're doing quite well, you know? <laughs> so that's a big fish. Um, 
And so three to five weight rod, just floating, you know, weight forward, floating lines. Um, I usually, it depends on the time of year. Um, I'll usually start with like a seven and a, seven and a half foot 3X leader and then just add 4X tippet to it if I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's a little tip, and you probably already know this, but if you take your fly size and you divide it by three, that's on average what size tippet you should use. Mm-hmm. And so, and not everybody knows that, you know, and so it's kind of, it's a really good tip, especially for new, new people. And I tend to only use three to five X tippet. I, I don't get into six X or seven X typically when I'm Mm -hmm. fishing North Idaho. So if it, if the number is, you know, I just kind of round up or down, whatever. Um, So a three or four X leader, and then occasionally you'll have to use five X tippet. But if you're throwing a size eight, you want to use obviously four X tippet. Um, seven and a half to 10 feet, 12 feet liters, depending on how snobby they are Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, flies. So, you know, they like, well, PMDs, BWOs, you know, they, Mm -hmm. all of the big stones. Um, if you had to pick, if you had to pick, uh, you know, a few flies to take, to use for a day, could you do that? Yeah. So the Lawson stone. So Mike Lawson has this all natural brown stone. Oh my God, that hmm. is like candy. It mm-hmm. is such a good fly. Um, the Tom Larimer's Yellow Sally. So that bug will catch mega fish. Really? Tom Tom uh, Larimer? I didn't even realize he did, oh, yeah. did he's, uh, some he's trout a fishing. Solitude. Yeah, oh, he this did. is sweet. Oh yeah. Tom is, um, He yeah, he has a bunch of bugs. I, like, I, had, him bugs. On, I had him on episode 11. Uh, so the, our seasons, basically season one was like all steelhead fishing for the uh-huh. first 30, yeah. 30 episodes. And now we're into season two, which is all trout fishing. Cool. So I'm trying to kind of keep things separate. But Tom had probably one of the best episodes on Steelhead because he broke out his kind oh, of his, so. his his like five <laughs> tips for yeah. catching catching summer steelhead in the in the daytime. It, nice. And it was classic. I'm gonna have to listen to that. Yeah, or, you gotta check it out. It's, yeah. it's well, pretty, and he's so it's, analytical. It's so oh, he's he, so he, nerdy. It like, was totally like it was like <laughs> fly. It was Steelhead like three oh. You know, it was like upper division stuff. It was pretty totally, funny. but. Yep. Once you are into that point, you listen to it and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, it just clicks. So, exactly. um, and then the Brooks sprout. So that's like mm. a size 20 to 24. And that is an amazing fly. So I just told you my three secret flies. Cool. Yeah. Nice. nice. <laughs> and you'll see on my feed too. Um, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my pictures have those bugs in it. So you'll know that oh, I'm yeah. not lying. Okay, cool. Good deal. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just trying to look up the episode. I wanted to make sure I know where um, this is going to be on. So I think this is going to be uh, episode. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but yeah, I'll leave links to everything we're talking about here from cool. some of these bugs. And I, don't and know I can some email them yeah. to you too. Okay. I can send you all that information. That's and, easy. And yeah, some of this information, I know I like to provide um, some videos and things for people to check mm-hmm. out when they can. Cool. Uh, um, where that works. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, I want to you know keep getting into some of this on on the fishing, but I wanted to ask you about um, the 19 day road trip with Jen Ripple <laughs> yeah. that was was recently. I haven't. I, I remember hearing about I think from Jen somewhere where she was kind of saying out there on social that it was start or it was going, and I just didn't hear anything about. It. Can you talk about what that was all about and what that felt like? Yeah, you know, Jen. Um, Jen and I have known each other socially like via social media for since the magazine started i actually wrote an article i think in our very first episode or her very first magazine that was all digital at that time Hmm. um, about 
Spokane Women on the Fly. And so we finally officially met in January at the Denver Fly Fishing Show. And then um, we then, I was also at the New Jersey show as well, working the a booth over there. And so we kind of had this crazy idea. She was like, hey, I want to do a road trip. I said, well, I'm always up for road trips. And that's kind of how it started. And it just kind of expanded and really snowballed. Hmm. Um, at first, we were thinking we were going to, um, I was going to run at the Jackson Half Marathon in Wyoming. And so she was going to fly in and then we were going to drive down to the Women's Tarpon Tournament. That's a long ways to go from wow. Wyoming all the way to Florida. Jeez. So then we were like, okay, well, maybe we'll go her home water to my home water. And so that's kind of what we decided to do. So I flew into Nashville in uh, the middle part of June. And then we basically went from Nashville. We took a detour up to Wisconsin to go hang out with one of our, um, with Jerry Meyer, who owns, uh, she owns the Driftless Fly Shop in Viroqua, which I had never, so trout fishing, let's, I mean, hmm. you should definitely interview somebody from the Viroqua, okay. um, the Driftless area sure. um, in the Midwest. It is, and it's very tiny streams, but it's all trout. It's a lot of dries. It's technical casting. It was really fun. Um, and then we, we basically decided that we wanted to make this a huge, just get as many people involved in the community as we can. So we did periodic uh, women's evenings at different fly shops um, throughout. So we did Tennessee, we did uh, Wisconsin, we did Colorado, and two in Montana. And um, just basically road tripped and we met up with women. We picked up different ladies who joined us on the road. Cool. Uh, <laughs> we tried to like make it a fish bum budget, you know, yep. so just to show that there's good humans in the world and um, that you can couch surf and, you know, and we right. did that. And uh, we fished different areas for different species. We did um, fish the Utah cutthroat slam. I don't know if you're familiar well, with that, I, but I've heard of that it, but might yeah. be another um, great thing for you to interview on also. So there's oh, four yeah, different, yeah. that's right. This yeah. is where you could, yeah, the cut slam. I have heard about that. Yeah. Where yeah you get the so four there's different four species. different species. And what's really interesting is the species they're based on the drainage that they came from. So it's, you, you really couldn't tell if you've caught like a Colorado, if you've caught a Colorado cutthroat, Anywhere but the specific river in the original drainage it came from, it doesn't count. So it's really <laughs> interesting. Um, and so, um, and you'll, I, I won't say if we finished it, but I'll just say that we had a really good time. So okay. if we completed it or not. So that's to be continued. Nice. Um, yeah. And then we, so we did that and then went to, was it Colorado? No, Colorado and then Montana, then Idaho. And then um, we basically ended our entire trip in Craig, Montana. And this was the second year that I hosted a United Women on the Fly event. And last year we brought, I think I brought like 35 people to Craig. And anybody that's ever fished or has been to Craig knows that it's a very small, small town. I think the population's 35. Hmm. And so we basically, you know, created the population. Well, this year we doubled it. We had 67 people there. Nice. Wow. <laughs> so it was, it's, there's definitely announcements at the bar thanking us for bringing so many women to Craig <laughs> Montana. <That's right. laughs> yeah. And that's where NBC flew in oh, and, yeah. and, and did everything. So cool. Um, how, how was yeah. that? How was that with uh, NBC, that whole, that whole, uh, you know, process? it was awesome. It was pretty stressful <laughs> to me be honest you know they um they contacted me uh for for maybe you don't know this but there was an article written um 
in the New York Times. And this was probably, I don't know, January or, you know, 10 months ago or whatever. Well, it, it kind of striked a lot of interest. And so NBC wanted to continue that interest. Hmm. And so they found me somehow, I think, on social media. Um, was this article had, something you wrote or what was it? No, no, no. It was um, written about women in fly fishing. Oh, okay. You know, and when it comes in from the New York Times, you gotcha. know, that it gets some attention. Sure. You know, and so... NBC, I think, was they wanted to kind of jump on that wagon as well. You know, it's like, wow, okay, so let's see what all this hype is about women in fly sure. fishing. And um, so the executive producer had done some interviews, and then apparently she had, you know, heard my name. And so she called me, and we, I didn't even really know that they were going to be coming to Montana until pretty much the beginning of our road trip. <laughs> so I was just making sure I was setting up, you know, places for them to stay and gear boats. It was a lot of work, oh, but yeah. totally worth it. And yeah. I think it was, it was cut short. You know, it's, a, it obviously is a, the NBC nightly news has to yeah. tell the news. And so um, I'd like to get some of the NBC affiliates. I'd like to get them all of the coverage. And so that way maybe they can run different stories, you know, throughout the mm -hmm. United States. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. It's pretty, it was fun. It was awesome. That's so. cool. And, and all, uh, yeah. So I found that it's going to be uh, this episode we're doing here will be wetflyswing.com slash 44. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll cool. have all the show notes there. And uh, so what did you, I mean, from your road trip, what do you think is one thing you learned from that whole um, process? And, you know, is there anything, any takeaways from it? Um, you know, I learned that I learned how to be a much better bow and arrow caster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm not with our bigger rivers. I'm definitely, you know, used to having a little more room to cast. So I definitely became a better caster and overall better angler, um, just learning different techniques. But I think, you know, truly just seeing that there's so many wonderful humans in the world, truly. Yeah. You know, it's just there people were so excited about it and I mean, and this isn't just women, a lot of guys were as well. And just the support that we got and the great, you know, just comments and just, it was really fun. And people just wanted to be a part of it. Hmm. I think that's what it's all about is people want to be a part of something good, you mm -hmm. know? And right. so it was, it, you know, the fishing was okay. It wasn't amazing, but um, that didn't really matter. It was so much more than just the fish, hmm. you know? And so just the relationships you build. And I actually like Jen more than I did when I started the road trip, mm -hmm. which That's it cool. could have gone, you know, either way, That's right. <laughs> 19 days in a Nissan truck, you know? Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's amazing and we had a great time and it was, it was really fun. So yeah. Cool, cool. And yeah. uh, what do you think is the thing you, you love most about the whole traveling? You said you do some traveling around the world. Mm -hmm. what, what is the thing that really, you know, kind of keeps you traveling? Because I know it's, it's a lot of work doing all that as well. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. The original Tyrite is a longstanding accessory loved by fly fishermen for decades. It's an accessory you won't live without once you uh, try it. No more drop flies or hooked fingers. If you haven't seen this uh, tool yet, it's pretty simple. It looks like a, like a pin, a little ballpoint pin with a retractable clip that allows you to hook, basically hook the bend of your, uh, your fly in so you don't have to worry about fumbling with a tiny little fly or hooking your finger. And you just kind of finish the knot like spinning spaghetti on a fork. Just quickly do your twists and, you know, stick the... Um, the tip it through and you're good to go. All parts are manufactured and assembled in the USA with a 100% lifetime guarantee. 
And I like to uh, use the example of the uh, tiny little blue-winged olive and, you know, in the wintertime. And that's always a good example because, you know, your feet are, fingers are cold and sometimes it's hard to hold those little guys. Uh, but the tie right makes this easy. You know, using a size 18 BWO, you'd be using uh, the tie right junior. And it just makes it a snap. So uh, just wanted to give a heads up uh, for everyone. This is a great tool from a great company. I'm excited to have them on and want to... Uh, uh, get you guys to head over to tyright.com and check it out today. That's ty-rite.com. We are also brought to you by Ascent Fly Fishing. Uh, do you struggle at times to tie the right fly on the end of your fly line? What if you had a biologist or entomologist with you next to you telling you exactly what was going on in the stream and what you need to put on? That's basically what Ascent Fly Fishing does with their custom fly box selections. And these guys aren't just a one-trick pony. They cover rivers all over the country, from Oregon over to Colorado, out to New York. Um, you know, they've got basically the entire country, and they're, and they're building on from what they've got. And I've got a great example because I have a box for one of my local streams, and it's super awesome and neatly organized. It even comes with a card that shows which rows each of the flies are, you know, breaks down dry flies on one side, uh, nymphs uh, on the other, and talks about different, um, you know, categories of basically the orders of flies, mayflies, caddisflies. It's just really organized, and a lot of flies are on there, which were ones that weren't in my box. So I'm excited to get uh, get on that. And uh, But, yeah, you can head over and uh, pick up a... A local selection from your stream. They have a 100% money-back guarantee as well if you're not satisfied for any reason. So, you know, I think it's time to cut the guesswork out of it. Head over to AscentFlyFishing.com and use the coupon code WETFLYSWING to get 10% off your next order. That's uh, AscentFlyFishing.com, A-S-C-E-N-T, FlyFishing.com. I love exploring new things. I love learning new techniques. I love being just becoming a better angler. I want to personally be the best that I absolutely can be. And I think sometimes when you're so, if someone's closed mind about a specific fishery or a specific, you know, technique of fishing, then you aren't as well-rounded and you don't become the best that you truly could be. And I want to do that, you know, and I love, um, even if I, I think, the hardest part for fishing um, is that people are afraid of failure, you know? So maybe you go out and you explore a new river, but you don't catch a fish. That's okay. You know, yeah. I mean, you have to be okay with that and know that you're not always going to catch these ginormous <laughs> fish, you know? And um, so I like just learning and just meeting new people and experiencing, you know, eating local, drinking local and fishing that local area. I just absolutely yep. love that. That's so great. that's great. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, yeah, maybe you can bring us back. I was just, I mentioned at the start just about your, your day job. So, you know, I talked to a bunch <laughs> of people out here or on this show and it's really cool because there's just such a wide variety. You know, there's people that are full time, you know, like the Tom Larimers who mm -hmm. are just kind of full on. And then there's some that are just getting started. I mean, it's just like a little bit. And there's some people that have full time jobs and this and that. So maybe you can talk <laughs> a little bit about what your day job is and then, and how you kind of transition or how you're 
transitioning to this or what are yeah. your plans? I mean, would you like to be kind of that full kind of fly fishing sort of? Oh like, man, that, I don't know. You yeah. don't make, you can't make money in fly fishing. I know, that's what they say. <laughs> I have to, my, no, you know, United Women of Fly is truly a passion project for me. That's kind of what I always joke about. You know, I have to work and make a living. And um, in 2006, I graduated from Washington State University as a, with my bachelor's in nursing. And that's what I, that's my real job is, mm-hmm. Um, I've always, I'm such an adrenaline junkie. And so even from the first day, my, you know, from J1 semester, my junior semester, I was all about critical care and that's where I've always been. And so I've worked, um, trauma, surgical ICU, I've worked medical ICU, um, recently cardiac ICU, um, thoracic, you know, all kinds of just crazy ICU stuff. And then, um, I also, the last, I think I just, I actually worked all day today. So um, for the last six and a half years, one of my jobs is in the cath lab. And so I am basically, if anybody in Spokane has a heart attack, then they come to us, you know? And so when I'm on call and I get called in in the middle of the night, you know, I know that somebody's on their deathbed. And so it's, it's scary for sure. Um, You know, but as soon as you can put a stent in or you can save them, Um, It's so rewarding. So it's, yeah, so I've been doing that for the last 12 years. What is that? I mean, (laughs) can you even explain what that feels like? I mean, basically saving somebody's life. I mean, that's. uh... You know, it's, it's kind of surreal at times. We actually, I don't, (laughs) I was in the ER. I got called this. um, I've been working a lot lately. So I have two different nursing jobs. And one of them, I was, um, we got called in for a, um, what they called a level one, meaning somebody's having a heart attack. And we were, people were doing CPR on this patient and, um, the patient survived. And so we rushed them into the cath lab, you know, and I just, I remember looking at them and thinking, what a crazy life I live, Mm -hmm. you know, like I have this complete alter, like it's Dr. Jekyll, you know, it's like, whatever, you know, it's like this total different personality, my world at fishing. And then I'm here and I'm, I was told that I'm a really good tarpon fisher by Gray, (laughs) who's got, um, over in, um, the Florida outdoor experience because I'm very calm. So when, when my adrenaline goes up, I am, I put and put into like, the mode, you know? And so he was like, man, you're such a good tarpon fisher because most guys would be freaking out because this tarpon's coming the wrong way and like, you know, coming right next to the boat, but you're just chill, (laughs) you know, you're chill and you're precise and you're casting. And, um, so, you know, saving that patient and then talking to them and, um, you know, their family and just everything. It's amazing sometimes in the medical profession, how you become hardened and, you know, it's, it's science right. and it's a part of the job. And then you have certain instances where it's not, and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. like this is really emotional. That's, and so yeah. it's, it's, it's a weird, it's I, weird, I can, I, you know. I, I mean, I don't know how many people out there, I mean, we're getting kind of deep into some, yeah, some stuff here, but I mean, I was driving home from work, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago and, you know, I mean, there was a guy that just got hit on a motorcycle and mm-hmm. he was laying you know, flat on the ground, obviously dead. They had a blanket yeah. over his head and stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, just driving by the feeling, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. the feeling you're like, holy cow, that's like, I mean, you, I just, you can't even explain like that. And then, yeah, that's, that's the thing I always wonder, like, how do you deal with that on a, on a daily basis? But I think that's what it is. You just kind of, 
you become hardened, yeah, unfortunately. Um, exactly. You do. And, um, yeah, and I mean, in most medical professions, especially over 10 years, you know, you definitely, and when, you, and when you're in critical care and you're with, you know, a lot of, you see a lot of death, it's definitely, yeah. yeah. I think the one thing, though, that the benefit to it is that it shows, and you, most professionals in this um, field live their life, you know, so meaning, you know, we don't wait until we are retired to go and do what we want to do. Right. Like, I think that's a part of it too, for me is, you know, I just, I've just saw, you know, somebody that's 35 have a heart attack mm -hmm. and is in the best shape ever, but due to family history, right. you know, so you have to just live your life and you can't, um, you know, there's obviously a balance and there's bills and everything yep. too. But um, you can live your life by just going to North Idaho and fishing, you know, <laughs> I mean, right. truly. And um, people just get ca so caught up in the work world that there's so much more to life. Yeah. And um, that, I think, is what this profession and this job has taught me is that you just have to do it. That's a great. You just never know. It's a great uh, take home message for yeah. sure. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. You got to do it. So how one one last question on this? Mm -hmm. How do you function? What's your secrets and tips for <laughs> functioning on on no sleep or low sleep? Uh, spark this advocate oh, like B vitamin drink with a bunch spark. of it. So amino acids. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just do it. It's yeah. I drink Spark and I just roll with it. I think I'm yep. high on life, so life is good. Gotcha. So gotcha. Um, yeah, and. I am tired. So some days, not very many, but I will just kind of chill out on the couch and just watch mindless sure. reality shows. Like I can't watch ER, Grey's Anatomy because no. they're all so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't, you don't um, shock somebody in a flat line, you oh, know? And right. so I like half, I start thinking about it too much. And so I watch reality shows. That's my like chilling out time. <laughs> gotcha. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, yeah, I had uh, a few more questions here I want to mm -hmm. dig into. Um, and, you know, I guess one of them, just thinking back to like dry fly fishing and things, do you have mm -hmm. any, maybe you can talk a little bit about casting. We've talked a little bit about that, but some tips as far as dry fly, just general tips and like, and do you have, you know, with casting anything for mm -hmm. somebody who is maybe, you know, not the greatest caster and wants to get better at it? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, for sure, the reach mend or the cast mend, mm -hmm. um, if you can mend in the air, um, you know, because a lot of times you'll see a fish rising. So you want to cast to them, to those fish, at least, you know, two or three feet in their same, the same feeding lane, and hopefully let it just flow naturally right by them. So mm -hmm. learning to cast or to mend in the air is huge. Um, yeah. And that takes a lot of practice. And I'm sure, you know, there's a ton of videos out there on how to do that. But um, it's more, you know, just practicing out in the park, too, and just trying to to get better. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, is, you know, how we kind of talked about you, that, like, your friend who never got into spay fishing because he said, you don't really have to cast that far. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that's the same you know, for, for most fishing in general, but especially even in North Idaho, and even if the f river's 60 feet across, you know, I always tell my, my women when I'm teaching them 30 feet at max, you know, it's like, sure, I call it long castitis, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, great, you can cast really far, but are you able to mend and get that drift and set the hook and actually land that fish if you're, you're casting 60 feet? Yeah. So I think you're going to have so much more control if you 
if you start and you stay closer. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing too is I call it amphitheater casting. And even with spay fishing, I'll do this too. But um, I always recommend that you take at least five steps before you ever step in the water, ever. Because, you know, there are so many times that literally three to five feet in front of me, I'll hook into a fish. And um, so I always say, you know, you as the angler, you are the, the stage, right? And so your first cast should be maybe three feet, and that's the pit. Right. So you let it cast up and then you let it kind of go down and then 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 pull three more feet of line out. And then so you're doing like three, six, nine, twelve. So you're just basically amphitheater, you know, so it's the pit. Then it's row one and row two and row three. And you're just casting and you're just working that water. And and this is obviously if you're blind dry fly fishing, um, just trying to work it in more of a grid pattern. I mean, you're a hunter, you're search and rescue, you know, you're looking for that fish. And, um, and 30 feet and then just work your way up. Don't Mm -hmm. grow roots and just move on, you know? Um, and the other thing, if fish, you see some fish coming up feeding, you know, there's different feeding behaviors for them. So you'll know which fly to throw on. Um, but trying to get it two to three feet in their, in their feeding zone, then you're going to be more successful, you know? So, but definitely that reach meant you have to, like anglers have to learn that reach mend. Um, yeah. Or the tuck cast. I don't know if you do that, but it's where you're going to stop more at like a 11 o'clock or almost noon. And what happens is then your fly is going to just Tucked drop back. down Yeah. and that, and especially if you're, you're, it's a good, it's for your own nymphing also. So, mm-hmm. but with dry flies, I'll use it as well because sometimes you don't have to cast that far, but you want to get that perfect dead drift. Um, and learning the feeding behavior. So maybe you've casted a dry fly and it's worked all of its water. And then at the very end, you know, we'll call it, you know, let it dangle or on the swing, your dry fly. I mean, it might be submerged, but a lot of those bugs, you know, if they're caddis pupa or emergers or even stoneflies, they will be in that kind of, you know, very close to the water column to the very top. And so a lot of times you're going to catch fish that way, even on dry flies. Mm -hmm. And so learning if you need to twitch the fly or if you, you know, if it's not a dead drift presentation, just seeing how the fish react and how they're feeding um, is imperative as well. That is, you know, it's, yeah. I'm just thinking as you're talking, just the observation pieces yeah. is uh, critical. And I you know, interviewed Rick Hayfley in episode mm-hmm. 37 and, you know, he's a big entomologist and right. the, one of the old timers, but yeah, he just made some great points of like, <laughs> I loved one of them was that, you know, it's okay. You know, everybody's fired up to get to the river when you fish, you know, so get out there and cast a few, you know, cast for 30 minutes or an hour, but then take a break. You know, totally. if, if you're not catching anything and step back and kind of just observe like what's going on, turn over mm-hmm. some rocks, shake some brush, you know, yeah. all that stuff. So I think that's a, a good point because it's a struggle. I get those questions a lot from people like reading water, you know, where do you start? Like, you have a, yeah. a huge river and, you know, you know, a lot of times fishing right in next to the bank is good, but you know, where are those fish? And Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Crazy. Observation. And the next day it could be totally different, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the exact same water, the fish are going to want a different bug and a different presentation. And that's the beautiful thing about especially dry fly fishing, you know, is just learning that and, and having that and being able to visualize that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So what, what is your, do you have a good uh, resource that, uh, you know, you use or like, how did you, you know, you, you kind of got into it your first year, but then you started mm-hmm. learning what was it? Um, how did you get to where you are now? 
mentors. It's all about mentors. And I, yeah, just people that are willing to share their information and give back. Um, you know, that's, uh, and I read books, like I've read, read Rick's book, you know, and I definitely look, I am a complete nerd, especially when it comes to bugs. Um, you know, and there's, there's so many great websites out there. Um, and just the internet and learning, but, you know, still old school books, but mentors, you mm-hmm. know, people, I think anyone can be a mentor, even if you know, let's say, you know, a clinch knot, um, you know, but show someone else that, and then you're giving back and you're just developing and creating this really cool sport and really great community. And I'm just beyond fortunate to just, you know, meet people and that are willing to, you know, share their knowledge and, I think even if, you know, I've been fishing for a while and I'm getting better for sure every day, but I think I still, I'm never, I'm never cocky and I'm never, never think I know it all, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, people are more willing to give you information if you're, you know, more, <laughs> more, That's right. more willing to take it than trying to, you, you know, some people will ask you a question and then you'll answer and then they think your answer is wrong, you know, or whatever. Right. And so just being open to all just different ways and just, yeah, mentors, that's been you, the biggest thing for do me. Do you have a, uh, a couple mentors that really stick out that kind of early or, you know, throughout your, your fishing time? Yeah. You know, um, I have, there's a cardiac ICU nurse. Um, so he is Kurt. He basically took me under his wings and he showed me the local, my local home water in North Idaho. Mm-hmm. And he taught me the river. He taught me the runs. I mean, I still call certain runs Bookum Dano. It's this run. If any, if any, if anybody heard this, they'd be like, what in the world are you talking yep. about? Apparently this guy, Dano or Dan, he came upon a snake and he ran. So they call it Bookum Dano, you know? And so um, Kurt taught me the river and he taught me how to fish and, um, and how to mend and how to just do everything. So truly I, I owe it to him, you know, cool. I mean, he's really what, what sparked this craziness in my world. Um, and you know, my, I'm dating a really amazing guy and he's an amazing wealth of knowledge. And so I am picking his brain all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, it's funny because when we first started dating or before I asked him, I said, would you ever date a girl that fishes? And he said, absolutely not. I would never date a girl that fishes. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'll never date a guy that doesn't fish. And um, partly it was for him because he had been a guide before and blah, mm. blah, blah. But he didn't want to tie someone's, you know, flies on and, you know, yeah. he just wanted to go out and fish. And so he meets me and then, you know, totally when I'm the rules are reversed and I'm taking him to these North Idaho rivers and showing him my water and, you know, driving and telling him to drink beer and eat pizza while I show (laughs) him around. He's like, Whoa, where did this come from? And so in return, he's definitely, um, and he's a really good spay caster. So I've just learned a lot from him, you know? And so, and most of these guys are men, you know, and I definitely have some women mentors, Amy Hazel. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So Amy's deaf. She's one of my homies. I absolutely love her. And I've learned so much from her, you know, and when she's taking me on the deschutes and teaching me how to sneak roll, it's like, wow, I got to pinch cool. myself. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, it's just, just all these, there's so I, many amazing people. I talked to uh, Amy recently and I just, she's going to come on as well. Awesome. I haven't had her on yet, but 
I've got a great uh, story I'm going to tell her that uh, everybody's going to have to wait for it, but it's uh, she, she's going to love it. It's one that uh, I ran into her a number of years ago, and it's pretty cool. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it has to do with spay yeah. fishing. So hopefully, yeah, I'll get her on and, and, and maybe John on eventually oh, as yeah. well. But yeah, no, I think, I'm sure they both would be more than game. But definitely. yeah, so it's just, it's all about finding your people or your tribe, you know, and just um, taking in the knowledge. And I hope to be, you know, I feel like I'm already a mentor, you know, to, I try to give everything I've ever learned back to mostly the women that I'm fishing with, but I want to be that mentor. I want to give back. I think that this sport, it's the only way to do it. It's the only really way to keep the sport alive and you just have to give back. Yeah. So, so how do you think, um, you know, somebody listening to this, how could they help you know, give back or help the movement because, you know, I mean, you guys obviously with what you're doing with women and helping people get into it, this resource is amazing. I mean, you know, how would you, what would you tell somebody that either wants to help that movement or just help, you know, get more diversity in fly fishing? Yeah. You know, I'd say just connect with your local, um, local organizations, you know, um, there's probably all, there's some fly shop or fly, fly shops for sure. Just, you know, the local stuff, but, um, different clubs or, um, Trout Unlimited chapters or, you know, just joining and talking to a local group and seeing if you can help and volunteer. And I mean, even if you're going to teach a kid how to cast for an hour, you know, or whatever, and Mm -hmm. or how to tie a San Juan worm or a woolly bugger um, or putting trout, you know, they do trout in the classroom or whatever. It's just, you know, figuring out and finding organizations or um, a group or, you know, with social media, there's so many um groups and clubs out there and i don't really like the club like with spokane on the fly we're not a club we're a community Mm -hmm. um but there's a lot of groups out there that you can find on social media that um you know and you'll find your people you know some of the some of the different groups can be a little more um cyber bullies than others so you have to definitely you know see what kind of groups you like but that's where i would start you know there's i when i did some research on with you know, I went on the fly. I have the front website. It's uh, connect with women groups, and so we have a, a graphic that has the United States is set up into different regions, and you can click on a region, and then you click on any state within that region, and it'll show up if there's a women's group in there. <laughs> and so it's all about just connecting. And um, when I was doing a lot of research on that, I found just on social media over 75 women's groups nice. <laughs> so they're all over yeah. you know and it's and there's stuff for men too and a lot of the women's groups are not this it's not i am woman hear me roar it's more of just you know just allowing people to connect and get together i mean we have guys all the time in our you know in all of our events and everything and most of my mentors are men so That's it's right. not yeah you know it's there's yep. this is not a male bashing by no, any means no. it, and i i think yep. that's the misconception sometimes with these women's groups and with this women outings is that we all are feminists and we hate <laughs> right. men and that's not true at all you know yeah. um it's just we 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 love to socialize fishing with women is really fun <laughs> yeah no and it, 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 <laughs> you know? it's not easy i mean i think of just my with the podcast here mm-hmm. i went a number of i mean I think like 25 episodes or whatever it was without a single woman i mean it was basically mm-hmm. all males and my stepdad actually came up and called me out he was like do you know you haven't had a female on your podcast yet and i hadn't even thought about it you know what i mean because right, it was just right. I, I just wasn't uh, in that space or whatever and so you know so i made an effort to really okay 
and you know, and now I've got, I made a bunch of great connections and cool. um, you know, had April on and hopefully mm-hmm. Jen and some other people will be on to, to talk more about, you know, and not just women. I mean, it's just about fly fishing, you know I mean? That's Absolutely. The, that's the yeah. Line. And I think it's cool to hear, or I don't know if this, like for me as a female and especially having a decent following on social media, there's kind of a stigma that I'm Insta, one of those Insta girls. Right. Oh, and, right. and I think um, what's good and bad about that is that it makes me prove myself to myself, but also to others that I'm not, that I'm truly a good angler and I'm trying to do good. And, um, you know, so sometimes it's nice to hear women talk, you know, technically. And I think that that's a, you know, cause a lot of, I don't know, you'd have to prove yourself. And I hate, I yeah. hate that that's the fact, but it's right. the fact. And, um, until you can really talk the talk and walk the walk, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, oh yeah, those girls, you know, and there's so many women out there that can talk the talk, you know, that have been doing it for so many years, way before social media, you know, and have been guides forever. And I look at the East coast, um, like Rachel Finn and Kiki and, you know, Lindsay, there's so many (laughs) incredible women guides up especially in new york area sam decker and all this stuff and they've been there you know forever and they can talk the talk let me tell you (laughs) you know and so it's really cool to hear technical lectures or technical conversations with these women i think personally that's awesome so yeah yeah that's cool so uh, yeah yeah, we're getting uh close to wrapping this up but i had a couple of big questions i was hoping to to throw by in just to see um you know if you had a a response and one of them Mm -hmm. was just i guess this is more of a life question but is there anything that you know you think back in your life that kind of maybe a turning point or something that influenced um you know where you are today Ooh, um i moved to texas in 2009 and to become a traveling nurse because I needed to just kind of step away and find myself. <laughs> and so I think that that was kind of my turning point. I started fly fishing in 2008, but I didn't officially really start until I moved back to Spokane um, in like 2010. Mm-hmm. So I think that that year in Texas, mm-hmm. I have a tattoo on my wrist that says live life with a star. Mm-hmm. And that star is actually for Texas. And so yeah. I think that was kind of the turning point for sure, huh. for me just becoming um, just who I am. So what what is uh, I've actually never been to Texas. What 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 it makes it so uh, unique over there? Is there anything that makes it oh, different? So awesome! Oh my gosh! Like the food and the music, whether you like country or not, like yeah. just the music. I l- lived in Temple, Texas, which was about forty miles north of Austin. So I frequented Austin quite a bit. Um, just the culture, you know, it's pretty. It's like Portland. It's just fun. Yep. It's weird, you know. Um, it's hot, but there's a lot of things to do. The people are so nice and the peach cobbler. Oh my God. And the barbecue, like the food's oh, good. Wow. The beer's decent. Yep. There's actually pretty good trout fishing too. in the, on the Guadalupe, um, which is just South of Texas. That might be kind of a fun podcast for you to, um, oh, yeah. there's, there's a huge trout. It's called, I think it's the Guadalupe trout unlimited, but there's a lot of, and there's actually the Texas, women fly fishers too, a huge group. Mm -hmm. So there's, um, there's some good fishing, you know, and, um, Texas is just awesome. It's yeah. yeah, It's a, it's a place that everybody should visit for sure. Now 
I'm a Pacific Northwest girl, so sure. I missed the mountains and I missed my trout and, you know, um, and everything. So I moved back to Spokane, but, um, it was, it was that year that I lived there was pretty incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. I love, yeah. I, I, I play yeah Austin and I mean, you hear all the mm-hmm. stories and actually I was at a recent kind of a local concert and there were some bands from Austin that came up and played in Portland or outside of Portland. Yeah. And it was just awesome. I mean, they were like, I'm not a total like new country sort of thing, but I'm mm-hmm. more, I'm more like Merle Haggard, John, yeah, you yeah. know, all the old school guys. And I mean, these guys were playing, they sounded, you know what I mean? Like their own stuff, but it was like throwback to, to the old oh, school. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I was, and it was just like made sense. They're from Austin. There's this cool stuff going on there. Well, and there's actually a specific genre of it's called Texas country. Oh, so really? it's yeah, like red dirt country and it is um, different. It's not twangy. It's, it's, you should check it out. Can you so think of a, pretty, uh, can you think of a band that would be in that? Um, like Stoney LaRue, Roger Crager. Um, oh man. Uh, Aaron Watson. There's all kinds of really good reckless Kelly. There's okay. all kinds of really good. Um, just, and it's funny cause they're not like, they don't want to be mainstream country. They are Texas country and it's totally yeah. different. Yeah. Um, and it's, and just small little honky tonks. I think that was what That's was so cool. fun is you can see these very popular bands in really small venues. And to me, that was, you know, just a lot of fun. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely going to uh, music and uh, yeah, m- music, micro brews and totally. And fishing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's part of the, I think of the road trip you guys did. And are you going to do another one of those? You think? Yeah, we like to continue it every year for sure. So, and we'd like to maybe go international. We don't know, you know, so there's a lot of, um, I really enjoyed fishing in Florida for tarpon. So I wouldn't mind, you know, we've already kind of done the West, so it'd be fun to do an East coast, um, tour and also a Southern, um, United States tour. And we've already had a bunch of women that are already, urging us to come their way and, you know, offering good places to stay and fish and eat and drink. So, um, I'm sure next year we'll definitely be doing another. And we actually, we filmed a movie. So the whole, yeah, the whole road trip, well, we were, well, we somewhat filmed a movie. I mean, it was, I was trying to film with my drone and my phone and (laughs) it was, you know, I I don't know how much of this movie I'll be in it, but, um, and the fishing wasn't great. So it's hard when the fishing isn't, phenomenal to film a fishing movie so mm-hmm. it could be interesting so um we'll see what we'll see if it actually gets picked cool. up <laughs> so when, when do you think um potentially this is well uh, we're gonna submit it for f3t oh awesome so yeah awesome. so uh next year perhaps we'll see um we have a lot of really fun stuff <laughs> yeah you know just being dorky and and not just being girls but kind of being girls but just you know i broke my flat my you know, Winston air fly rod. That's a thousand dollars in the door. And, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, okay, just got to persevere. And I ended up, you know, f- fishing with it and catching fish and, you know, so there's a lot of mm-hmm. little things like that. So, yeah. God, the yeah. rods, my, my uh, friend <laughs> broke my spay rod on our last oh. trip and it was just, you know, stuff happens. It's like, yeah, we had a lot of wind and I think it kind of hit a, a, a chair or something and snap but um yeah i know i'm flying to alaska in a week for oh, almost wow. a month and most of it's all swing fit or all two-handed fishing and mm-hmm. um so i'm bringing three spare <laughs> there you go what part of what <laughs> yeah. part of alaska uh bristol bay oh, yeah. and then yeah the very and have do you know kate or kate taylor have you spoken with her uh, before no, huh? okay so her and her now husband justin 
Um, they are, uh, they just got married, but they own frigate travel. And so they will go from Alaska, like King Salmon area all the way to, and then they have a home in, in Oregon over mm. on the coast. Oh, I think near oh, Gold yeah, Beach. Oh yeah, yeah, I have actually, yeah, yeah. I did talk to, yep. I talked to, uh, um, yeah. yep. She, I can't remember. It was a while back, but they were really busy, but I think, yeah, I think they'll be on as well. So that would be awesome. Yeah. They yeah do so toy. I met. Kate, well, just, you know, women that there's few and far between women that are hardcore anglers, you know, and so we all are friends. <laughs> and yeah. so well, what, I is, met, what is what is what uh, is hardcore anglers mean to you? Uh, I mean, just that we'll fish all the time, regardless of weather. We're not fair weather fans. If we catch a fish, great. If not, that's OK. You know, we're just kind of like the dudes, yep. <laughs> you know, yep. um, and there's not a lot of us, right? Like I would consider April one, you know, Hillary yeah. Hutchinson, like a lot of us girls, we've all met via social media, mm-hmm. but we've all, so know, it's a tiny, this is a tiny, it is kind of a tiny world, you know? And, um, but I'm bringing six ladies up with Kate and she, we hosted a trip up there last year and this year I'm hosting more women. Um, and so we're going to go and fish. So, um, yeah, I'm bringing three spay rods just in case. Nice, nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I got a, a couple of quick ones before I let mm-hmm. you go. So yep. do you have a top, uh, a gear piece of gear? It doesn't have to be fly fishing, but is there anything that sticks out? There's like something maybe traveling that you, you don't leave without the connect. So it's a dome for my GoPro. Oh. I'm pretty into the keep them wet movement and, uh-huh. um, so this is a cool dro- uh, dome that you can either do fully submerged and or those 50-50 cool. shots. And it's called the Connect. It's K-N-C-T, I think. That Perfect. would be a good one link to link. Oh. And it's awesome. And it's super easy. It's so, a so trigger. So is this something where you're putting a GoPro inside? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. And so that I do not leave home without. Because I love... I mean, I love my fish and I want to be good to the resource. So I'm trying to think outside the box of ways that I can actually film these fish, but mm-hmm. still trying to be nice to them. Exactly. Cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, I love that, that, uh, the dome's awesome. 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 Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll link to that at, uh, like I said, yeah, at, uh, 40 episode 44. And then cool. one, one big one for you before I let you get going, mm-hmm. um, you know, as far as fly fishing in say 50 years, 75 years from now, is there anything that you would want to be remembered for? I mean, you're, you're doing, you've got a pretty big movement here. You're part of, you know, what do you, um, or either you or the movement, what, yeah. what do you think? Um, you know, I think just that the, the mentorship, I think just being thought of as a mentor or kind of selfless and wanting to always give back. And I would hope that in, you know, 50 to 75 years that people are still doing that, you know, that we're still um, trying to keep the sport alive and just share, share the, sharing the knowledge. Definitely. Definitely. Are you seeing a, uh, change, you know, kind of with the, what, what you're doing with, with all the women, as far as, you know, whatever you, the numbers percentages, are you seeing more people? Uh, is there a way that we can kind of look at that and kind of document? Yeah, or? There's a, I think it's called take me fishing. They do a survey. So when I, I did a presentation, I don't know, five years ago about women in, in the women in fly fishing and the current, um, stats for 29% of women fly fish currently it's 31% of women that fly fish. Mm. And so they actually, and how they figure out those stats is they'll, um, do a survey or they'll look at, uh, um, license sales and they can get demographics and all of that. And so, um, Mm -hmm. I think that, I don't think, I don't know if we'll ever get 50, 50, but like, you know, kind of Orvis has that initiative, but I think that we're definitely, um, 
on the up and up. And I still think that we're at least five or so years before the peak. You know, mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of people, you know, there's so many people in the world, you know, as far as population goes. And People don't even know that fly fishing exists or, you know, on the East Coast, it's maybe a little less um, friendly to females. You know, on the West Coast, we're all hippies and, you know, we're all, all you know, make love, love, Exactly. (laughs) you know, and so it's definitely a different mindset. And so I foresee that that's definitely going to be changing, you know, in the next five to 10 years. So that's cool. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay. Well, um, I'll let you get out of here, but, uh, maybe in the next, uh, six to 12 months, anything else you have going on, you want to kind of let us, you know, know about? Um, well, I turn 40 next year, nice. so I am not holding back. Yep. <laughs> um, going to New Zealand and Australia and I'm actually hosting, there's a girls gone fly fishing, um, group out of Tasman or out of Australia. And they asked me to be the lead, um, speaker and instructor for the weekend. And so I'm going to Tasmania next year. Wow. Yeah. And then we're going to Russia. I'm just, I'm spending a ton of money next year just because I am, I'm turning 40. I'm just doing it. (laughs) So look for lots of international stuff and hopefully some really big fish. And I should know this, but there's a specific um, fish in Russia, in Kamchatka, that is, a, I believe it's out of the Char um, family, uh-huh. and it's on the swing, and it's only specific to that area. No so kidding. I'm, yeah, I mean, obviously the the rainbows on mouse or, mice are oh, going to yeah. be awesome, yeah. but I'm really excited to catch some, you know, different fish too. Sure. So you'll be seeing some different things um, nice. happening. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'll look forward to that and. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, I'll have to check back with you. You know, when kind of get into some of that stuff, and maybe we'll, uh, I'll see how I go with the show. I'm not even sure where I'm going, but I know I am going to hopefully get it like a DIY season in where cool. we talk about destination fishing. Awesome, and stuff like I that. love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and you're out of Portland area, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe I'll. I'm actually going to be down. Joel with Royal Treatments doing a big, oh, yeah. um, yeah, totally. he's doing a fly fishing show or fair or some, I don't know, oh, something yeah. on October 14th. So I'll be down Perfect. there doing the, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll actually be speaking at it. I'll so. stop by and see. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I ran into awesome. Joel at the uh, tying expo. So I, yep. I've cool. been a bit meaning to connect with him again. So he might be a good one to have on too. He would you be. Know? He yeah. Would. I mean, cause he's really knowledgeable about, tra- I went and fished, um, a river in Oregon that anybody that's a trout fisherman probably knows about with really large brown trout, which I won't say the name, but um, you probably already know. Mm -hmm. And um, so him, myself and Eric, we went and fished pyramid and then we drove there and um, he's a phenomenal trout angler. Mm. Like the, you know, by the time I was still eating breakfast and I'm hearing, hearing him whistle and he's just <laughs> catching mega fish and he's just, it's, he's a lot of fun. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, we got some more to talk about, but I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you get to it. I um, just wanted to um, uh, check in with you and see as far as uh, where people can find you. Is there a good, uh, just send them to the United Women on the Fly? Yeah. Or, and, um, or Northwest Fly Girl and okay. they can connect with me. Yeah. Yeah great cool awesome well uh heather thanks i just wanted to thank you for coming on i you know i mentioned this on the show in the past but i've got uh, two young girls four and six years old and you know i just want to thank you for what you're doing because um you know i'm going to do my best to, to help them get into the outdoor stuff but you know you're doing this for a lot of other women so i yeah I appreciate everything you're doing awesome well thank you it was nice it was a fun interview thank you awesome so i'll talk to you soon and uh, have fun okay. traveling out there Awesome. We'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. Okay. Bye-bye.
So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes with all the links we covered, go to wetflyswing.com slash 44. And please head on over to iTunes to click the subscribe button. This is the fastest way that I know of that can help um, the show reach uh, more people out there and help some people catch more fish. Go to wetflyswing.com slash subscribe to uh, see the details and how to do it quickly. Thanks again for stopping by to check out the show today. I'm looking forward to catching up with you soon and hope to connect with you online or on the river. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com. And if you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes.